But I say to you, offer no resistance to one who is evil. When someone strikes you on your right cheek, turn the other one as well. My brothers and sisters, as we all know, those are some of the most troubling, some of the most confusing words in all of sacred scripture. People read them and they respond with surprise and sometimes even with shock. They'll say, Lord Jesus, are you serious? What are you talking about? Are you saying that I should never, ever, ever defend myself in any situation? Are you saying that I'm supposed to go through life like a doormat, allowing people to insult me and take advantage of me and walk all over me? Those are very good questions. I'll try to answer them today in this homily with the help of St. Thomas Aquinas, who is arguably the greatest theologian in the history of the Church. Thomas Aquinas makes reference to this very troublesome verse from Matthew 5 in his commentary on another gospel, the Gospel of John, when he's in the process of discussing the appearance of Jesus before Annas the high priest. That story is found in the Gospel of John, chapter 18. Let me refresh your memory now by reading to you that very brief section of Scripture. This event that's being spoken of here happened, of course, on Holy Thursday night after the Last Supper. Annas, the high priest, questioned Jesus, first about his disciples, then about his teaching. Jesus answered by saying, I have spoken publicly to any who would listen. I always taught in a synagogue or in the temple area where all the Jews come together. There was nothing secret about anything I said. Why do you question me? Question those who heard me when I spoke. It should be obvious that they will know what I said. At this reply, one of the guards who was standing nearby gave Jesus a sharp blow on the face. Is that the way to answer the high priest? Jesus replied, if I said anything wrong, produce the evidence. But if I spoke the truth, why hit me? In this case, as Thomas Aquinas notes in his commentary, our Lord defended himself. Physically speaking, he did not offer that guard his other cheek for him to slap. Now, at other times during the Passion, Jesus did suffer in silence, without defending himself verbally or in any other way. When, for example, the Roman soldiers struck him repeatedly on the head with a reed, Jesus, according to scripture, said nothing. When the chief priests and the elders made false charges against our Lord, attacking him verbally, Jesus made no answer, according to what it says in Matthew chapter 27. So it seems that sometimes Jesus did defend himself, and at other times he very quietly and very patiently endured physical abuse and verbal abuse without defending himself in any way. And of course, in both cases, both when he defended himself and when he didn't, Jesus harbored no hatred in his heart, no bitterness in his heart at all toward those who were attacking him. Thomas Aquinas makes the point that as disciples of Jesus Christ, 
we need to follow or try to follow Jesus' example here, as we should in every situation of this life. Along with other great theologians like St. Augustine, Thomas Aquinas says, if we want to know how to follow a particular command given to us in the Bible, like the command to turn the other cheek, we need to look to Jesus. We need to look and see how Jesus followed that particular command in his own life, and how the great saints followed that command in their lives. So the very fact that Jesus sometimes defended himself, that means something. That means his command to turn the other cheek doesn't apply literally to every situation and circumstance of life. Yet in all situations, in every situation, we must avoid hatred, we must avoid vindictiveness, because Jesus avoided hatred and Jesus avoided vindictiveness even when he was hurt deeply, physically and otherwise. Here's how Thomas Aquinas put it. Sacred scripture should be understood according to the way Christ and other holy persons followed it. Now Jesus did not turn his other cheek here. In that story from John's Gospel I read to you a few moments ago, Jesus did not turn his other cheek here, and Paul did not do so either. Accordingly, we should not think that Christ has commanded us to actually turn our physical cheek to one who has struck the other. We should understand it to mean that we should be ready to do this if it turned out to be necessary to do so. That is, our attitude should be such that we would not be inwardly stirred up against the one striking us, but be ready or disposed to endure the same or even more. This is how our Lord observed it for he offered his body to be killed. So our Lord's defense is useful for our instruction. I was trying to think of an example of how all of this would play out in the real world. And what came to mind almost immediately was the whole gay marriage controversy that took place in our state and even here in our little town last year. Most of you will recall that yours truly was falsely accused at that time in the press and in the media of, and here I quote, lobbying from the pulpit in violation of the church's tax-exempt status. That's a direct quote from the Westerly Sun. All this because I urged my parishioners to exercise their constitutional right of free speech by letting Senator Dennis Algier know where they stood on the issue. Now, I didn't even tell people which side of the issue they should take, although I did presume that most would voice their support of traditional marriage. But for all this, I was attacked in the Sun. Some people don't know I was also attacked in the Providence Journal by columnist Bob Kerr. I was also attacked on the Buddy Cianci show, not by Buddy, but by some people who called in. And I probably was attacked in a number of living rooms and bar rooms in southern New England. I don't know that for a fact, but I presume it probably took place. And yet, with the exception of some things that I said from this pulpit, I remained relatively silent about the situation. 
Until the westerly sun needlessly resurrected the whole controversy, a couple of months later, after it was supposedly all over, in late June. At that point, I decided God wanted me to be silent no more, and to, as the old, old saying goes, set the record straight. So I wrote a letter at that time to the Son about what I actually did say when I, when I had urged people to contact Senator Algier. The Sun's writers had gotten the story almost completely wrong when they originally reported on it. I also accused them at the Sun of yellow journalism and of trying to undermine my credibility as a religious leader in this community. And what was their response at the Sun? Well, as some of you will remember, they actually gave my letter special status by making it the guest editorial on the day they published it. Go figure. <laughs> I believe there was a time for me to be silent in this situation. I really believe that's what God wanted. He wanted me to bear the slap on the cheek, so to speak, for the sake of Christ and the sake of his gospel. But I also believe there was a time he wanted me to speak out and to defend myself. And not only to defend myself, but to defend the gospel of Jesus Christ and also to defend, to some extent, all of you. Because all of you who made calls to Senator Algier were implicated in this, at least indirectly. Now, in both cases, both when I was silent and when I spoke out, I tried to act, as Thomas Aquinas would say, without being inwardly stirred against the ones striking me. And so I had to pray for the grace to love my enemies. Because, as is the case with most people, my first inclination is not to love my enemies. I'm being totally honest here. Now, please don't misunderstand me this morning. I'm not saying that I always do this perfectly in my life. Jesus was always silent when he should have been silent. And Jesus always defended himself when he should have defended himself. That's because Jesus was and is God. But I'm not God. And neither are you. We can easily get it wrong, and sometimes we do. We have to be humble enough to admit that. Sometimes we speak when we should be silent, when, that, when that's what God wants. Sometimes we're silent when God wants us to speak. That can happen. This is another reason why we need to pray every day, especially when we're faced with one of these situations. And our prayer needs to go something like this. We need to say, Dear Lord, help me to know. Help me to know your perfect and holy will. Help me to know, help me to recognize those moments when you want me to defend myself. And those moments when you want me to endure that slap on the cheek for your sake. My emotions as a human being are always going to tell me to retaliate when I'm offended in any way. But you call me to live by faith, not by my emotions. Help me to know your will in this particular situation I'm now facing in my life. But regardless of whether you're calling me right now to defend myself or to be silent, help me to do so with love in my heart. The kind of love you always had in your heart, even for your enemies. Amen.